0: Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.
1: And I'm your host, Jonathan Siegley. This is the weekly podcast with me and Don Callahan talking some UNC football recruiting. Don wanted to just jump right into this one, man. We broke the news on Saturday during the WCHL Inside Carolina pregame show that Shook had decommitted from Carolina. Now, obviously, for subscribers to Inside Carolina, they saw that Tyler had decommitted thanks to the article that you posted earlier, Don. But Inside Carolina did go ahead and put that out to the more general public on Saturday. To me, I think this is a big-time blow to the class, I mean, he's an Elite 11 kid. So, to build on your article and just talk about that one, Don, what did you think about the Shook decommitment? Let's just start there from a general point, and then we'll get down to some more narrowed talks later on in the pod.
0: Well, it obviously is a blow to UNC's class because you're losing an Elite 11 quarterback, as you mentioned, four star kid. And really? to be honest, I mean, I, I, there started to be a little bit of smoke there after he visited North Carolina, you know, and really when I, when I was interviewing him afterwards, I, I, I asked him about, I said, so, you know, what's the next step with your, with your recruitment now that you made this, this uh, game visit? And um, I said, you know, is it your UNC official visit? Now, typically I do kind of follow up and ask a recruit, are you going to officially visit any other school? But in this case i didn't even get to that step because he started to kind of almost kind of think out loud you know he was saying well yeah i'm going to take my official visit in north carolina in mid december and then i might visit another school i might visit oregon they've been they've been talking to me lately they've offered me lately and they they want me to to visit and it was almost like he was you know kind of like almost Thinking out loud, and every time he said something about Oregon, he would almost backtrack a little bit by saying just how firm he was with Carolina. I don't want to say I didn't think much of it, but I I didn't think it was at the point where you know it would cause a decommitment. Just because I mean he's known the distance from you know his his family in North Carolina for a while now, but maybe this trip with his dad to North Carolina, he he started to kind of sink in just how difficult it would be for his family to see him. As often, not that Oregon is all that much closer to his, his uh, immediate family. But yeah, so he took a visit to Oregon last week for a practice while he was kind of in the state visiting family. And, you know, he said everything was OK, but uh, I think some red flags went up with, with the coaching staff and and they got a little worried and, and kind of started talking to him. And before you knew it, he was letting them know that he was decommitting and switching his, his commitment to Oregon but kind of piggyback off what you were talking about. I mean, he, yeah, he, I mean, he was the type of kid who I felt like he needed to bulk up. I felt like he didn't have the mobility necessary that's required for North Carolina's system. Not that he couldn't play in it. You know, on the message board, someone asked me to kind of compare his mobility. And for me, I felt like Brent Renner was a was more mobile in high school than Tyler Shook was. And, and Renner, obviously, I mean, he wasn't. I, w- I wouldn't call him a statue, but he wasn't he wasn't as mobile as Marquise or even Trubisky was uh, in North Carolina's system. And obviously that kind of hindered Renner, I think, a little bit. But I think that obviously Shook would have had the, the best arm talent North Carolina has had underneath Coach Fedora. But I always thought it was going to be interesting to see what was going to transpire with Tyler Shook and Jace Ruder because they were so different. You know, obviously... Shook is the more polished passer, but Reuter, I felt like fit North Carolina's system better. And the other thing too, was I I liked, I always liked Jace Reuters, you know, that chip on his shoulder he always had. And, and I, I really wondered just how that was going to play out. And obviously we're not going to see that, that kind of, that battle play out, but North Carolina obviously is, is now back in the market for a second quarterback. If they can find, inadequate quarterback to fill that void that Tyler Shook left.
1: We'll get to, to Ruder in a little bit, because I definitely want to get your thoughts on him. But just as far as Shook goes, do you think that Shook could have been successful at Carolina?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I absolutely do. And I, and I said this on the message board, that he, as far as arm talent is concerned, he he's one of the best I've seen in person. I got to watch him when he came to camp at North Carolina, he made a, a midweek visit in June when he actually committed to North Carolina. And then I obviously have seen some highlights of him and I broke a, a, a film of him. I felt like he would have succeeded. I just think that it would have took a, you know, it would took a dimension out of your offense that Coach Fedora's uh, offense kind of needs, that mobility, that, that dimension that that the quarterback can give you. Yeah, I do agree with that. I just think, that
1: the accuracy that Shook displayed would have made up for that because last season with Trubisky, he wasn't asked to run a whole lot. And that was by design because, frankly, I think the staff knew that Trubisky's greatest strength was his arm. And so why would they want him to scramble you know, for four or five yards when instead he can just stand in the pocket and make that extra read and complete a twelve yard pass, I saw shook as kind of being able to do that, but no, I, yeah, yeah, I
0: absolutely Go agree, ahead. but I mean Trubisky, though, when he tucked the ball and ran, he wasn't Tom Brady running, you know what i mean yeah. you you knew that he was making a wise decision that he saw the the first down line, that he was going to going to get the yard as necessary that he needed on that particular play, and then also you could run some. You know, different sort of options with them and some design quarterback runs with with Mr. Trubisky. I don't know if that was the case, at least from what I've seen of Tyler Shook on film. I don't know if that was the case for him. I mean, it, it definitely would have taken that aspect out of out of the game plan.
1: And then to wrap it up about Shook because it happened. He decommitted. I don't want to dwell on it too, too much here since we do have some other Carolina prospects and commits to talk about. But at the end of the day, do you think it came down to more of a depth chart, like what we've seen kind of thrown out there? Or do you think that it was just an issue where he's a West Coast kid? He had the opportunity to play at what has been a a successful West Coast school and he's closer to some family members. I think he he has some family in Oregon, isn't that right? Yes. He does. Okay. So, I mean, at at the end of the day, which which factors do you think ultimately won out that led to him decommitting and choosing to go to Oregon?
0: I think it was the whole pie. And I think that if you just take one of those pieces, let's just say the the competition aspect and and you can somehow magically erase all the rest, I don't know if he decommits, but if you look at all the other factors—the proximity from his immediate family, the proximity from his extended family, the the fact that I'm sure living in Arizona, he hears a lot about you know, Pac-12 schools—and then obviously the competition aspect of it, you know, being able to to see some the field fairly early, or I guess relatively early compared to North Carolina, you know, in Oregon they have promised him that he's going to be the only quarterback in this class, which obviously has to be appealing to him from what I was told, was appealing to him. The fact that Oregon starting quarterback is a sophomore where North Carolina starting quarterback is a redshirt freshman. And, and I think it just it was just at all of those things kind of, you know, the family aspect, all of those things all in one kind of rolled into one. And uh, it just kind of ate at him and ate at him. And, and and I'm sure just making the trips recently, he started to kind of realize, OK, it's a lot easier to make this trip to Oregon. I, could, I still have family close by. So if I get a little bit homesick, if I miss my my parents, I at least have I don't know who it is that that live in Oregon, but but he has somebody there that he can kind of go and and see and, and that sort of thing, and his parents can kind of stay with for visits and, and and that sort of thing. So I think it was a lot of it was all of it was it was all those things.
1: Talking about ruder then the the quarterback that Carolina now has making up their entire allotment of quarterbacks in the class and like you said maybe they'll add a second one later on but I know that the staff is is high on Reuter because he offers that mobility aspect that's evident if you watch his film like you said he plays with a chip on his shoulder personally I have some reservations about Reuter in terms of the competition and then his arm he can make some throws and. You know, I don't want to make it sound as if I think he's not capable of being a division 1 quarterback, but I don't quite see that elite level arm. And again, the competition level out there in Kansas, we talked a little bit off air about it. I just don't know how good it is. I don't know if it's a situation where he's just the most athletic kid and that's how he can get away with some stuff. You know, I'd like to see him at some of these higher and camps going up against some good competition, and then go from there but what what have you seen about Reuter
0: Well, you know to be honest, I'm not gonna pretend to be an a um, an expert on Kansas high school football. So I couldn't tell you just the competition he plays. Now, I did watch Reuter perform at Fedora's Freak Show in June, which happened just a couple of days before he actually committed to North Carolina. And then I, I also broke down one of his games. And I agree with you on everything you say. He, he obviously has, he's much better with his feet than, than Tyler Shook was, but his arm isn't where Tyler Shook was or is. But the thing that I thought that was really interesting when I broke down his film was you know how well he performed in the fourth quarter well, his team was down and they were kind of going back and forth with with the team that they were playing and his numbers just skyrocketed you know I think he completed looking at my nose right now he completed sixty three percent of his passes you know scored three total touchdowns to will his team to a victory and I thought that spoke volumes that okay, I mean he might not he's not going to be a guy that's going to just completely blow a team out of the water, but When it's fourth down or when it's in the fourth quarter and you need a touchdown, he's a guy that you want to have the ball because he just has that killer instinct. And the other thing that always stuck with me was when I interviewed him right after the freak show. And this was a couple of days after Tyler Shook had committed to North Carolina. And, of course, I wanted to know how that was going to impact his decision and how he was looking at the schools that he was looking at and and by the way, at the time, the three schools he was looking at were North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida State, and obviously Georgia and Florida State they recruit pretty good quarterbacks.
1: Let me just jump in there real quick, and both of them had actually offered him right like that yes,
0: they, they have yes,
1: yeah. and this wasn't like where a kid is just self reporting offers for for kind of to get their name recognition, this was a situation where both Georgia and Florida State actually wanted him, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And he made, because of his location, he's, I think he's like something like four or five hours from the nearest major airport. So a lot of schools didn't find out about him until the spring evaluation period. And then because of the the transportation issues that he has to deal with, you travel isn't the always the easiest. So what he did was he did back to back to back visits to Georgia, Florida State, and North Carolina. So I asked him, I said, So what does Tyler Shook's decision have to do with you? How's it going to impact your decision? And before I completely finished asking that question, he he literally interrupted me and said, I don't care. And I think at first he felt like okay maybe i was a little too strong or maybe too rude you know and so he 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 almost kind of like you know kind of made sure that he was like all right look i mean i didn't mean to be rude on that but i think it was just his mindset like he doesn't he's the type of kid who he doesn't care who's on roster he's going to compete and and to me that those are you can measure a lot of things when it comes to a quarterback but when it comes to desire you just can't measure that and obviously he that he has that
1: Yeah, those are the intangibles that they say you always want to look for when you're finding the leader of the team. I mean, that's what the quarterback is. He's the leader of the offense, definitely. And usually, well, I I don't know usually, but often, like we saw with Marquise, you know, the quarterback can also be the leader of the entire team. So I'm glad to hear that he has those qualities to him. When you were looking at his film and when the game that you broke down, How similar do you think he is between what you saw in his film and Chaz Surratt? Because to me, I think he actually maybe has a little bit of a better arm than Chaz did in high school. But that's, again, where I wanted to kind of, I'm not sure about the competition level. Like, I don't know exactly how tight those windows are that he's throwing into. So having seen both of them, how would you compare them?
0: I I think it's a very good comparison because – other than his brother who is on his team, I don't believe that Chaz was on the field. I'd have to go back and look at his high school career, but I don't think he shared the field with another FBS recruit during his high school career. And, you know, they're very similar. Um, but yeah, like you said, I, I feel like Jace's mechanics are a little bit better, which, you know, in high school, Chaz's mechanics weren't all that great, although they've improved. The other thing I want to mention too is that Ruder, not only does he play quarterback, but he starts at safety where he has like something like four interceptions and, and uh, I don't know, like a dozen tackles. He also handles punts and he handles, uh, I think it's kickoffs. I don't think he does, I'd I have to double check, but I don't think he does uh, field goals. So, you know, his reps aren't only at quarterback at practice. So to me, what that says is that when he's able to focus strictly on one position, he's only going to excel. You know, when we're, we're recording this right now, he's in practice right now, and he might be practicing at safety, he might be practicing at quarterback, or he might be punting on, for special teams, or he might be, you know, kicking for, for field goals. And so, so obviously, once he is able to focus just on quarterback, you know, that should only help with his development. That, that's a good point as well.
1: And I was not aware that he played all those other positions. You know, I mean, hey, it's something that shows if he's got a little bit of that mentality from playing safety and being able to make tackles, make those, those hits. You know, I think that that does show that maybe this kid does just has a football type of mentality and a little bit of hard-nosedness to him.
0: Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, he's... He's a football player and, you know, he's a kid who obviously is the best player on his team and, you know, and not just on offense and defense, but special teams and, you know, and, and really, if you look at his, his punting sets, I think he's averaging like 40 yards on punts. I'm not saying he's going to be a punter. Yeah. That's that's not the the plan, but I'm just saying that I think that kind of speaks to just the type of athlete that he is.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's hope that his red shirt doesn't get burned at Carolina. If he is going to redshirt by handling punting duties, uh, (laughs) that would probably not be the best result for the team. But I tell you what, Don, let's go ahead and take just a quick break here. And when we come back, I want to talk about the two running back guys that Carolina had on campus for the Notre Dame game, because as we've mentioned on this podcast before, Carolina really needs to land some running backs just from a pure depth perspective. So let's uh, shift the talk to that when we get back.
0: Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Cajar with 1.91% APR and 1,000 euro cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finance is made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See reno.ie.
1: And welcome back. This is John Siegley and Don Callahan. Just recapping the UNC football recruiting weekend now. So in the game against Notre Dame, Carolina had two running back prospects that are both pretty high on the board between Devin Lawrence and then Letty Brown. Let's start with Letty Brown since he was there. Was his an official visit, Don? I, I apologize. I, I should probably know that off the top of my head. It was correct. No, no it no, was
0: no. Un, it was unofficial, unofficial. Okay.
1: But still, he was there for an unofficial visit. So obviously, that was you know he had to pay his own way. He was on his own dime. So he's the four star running back, the highest rated running back Carolina has left on the board. That I think UNC has a decent shot at landing. So what did he tell you after he got done with the visit?
0: Uh, well, I mean, he didn't tell me a whole lot more than what he normally says. And that's just that's just his personality. He's, he's a very shy kid, and I think he's I don't want to say struggling, but he, he's having a difficult time with the whole recruiting process. He's He's been committed to West Virginia for a few months now, but has since committing to West Virginia, he's. Taken multiple visits to North Carolina. This was his third visit to North Carolina as a West Virginia commitment. He also has visited Florida, and he intends on officially visiting all three of those schools before making a final final decision. But you know, everything seemed to be good. I think that the best news that came out of it was when he was telling me about just the amount of family that he has within close proximity of Chapel Hill. He has family in Charlotte, family in Fayetteville, and then family in Virginia he didn't know exactly where in Virginia but that allowed him to right after playing on Friday night he drove down to Fayetteville spent the night on, in Fayetteville and then woke up that morning and headed to Chapel Hill after leaving Chapel Hill him and his his family spent Saturday night with some some family in Virginia so obviously that's only going to help North Carolina's cause because it it will make it easier for his his mom and brothers and sisters to be able to visit him regularly without having to worry about paying for hotels and that sort of thing.
1: That's good to hear. Yeah, I did not know that he had family in the state as well, as we just discussed in the previous section with Shook and how you thought that family definitely played a part in him ultimately choosing Oregon. It's good that Brown has that situation, but in Carolina's favor this time. So that's a big time positive from me. I think he is as close to a must get. I'm not going to go all Tommy Ashley over here and talk about how every single recruit is going to be a must get recruit, like he does with must win games. Love you, Tommy. But you know, when you're looking at Carolina's recruiting board, there's just not that many four star guys left. A lot of the four star kids have either eliminated UNC or have committed. To the Tar Heels, so he's arguably, I think, our best shot at landing another four-star guy, and it's a huge position of need. So, at the end of the day, I think Carolina's put themselves in the best position to get Letty Brown. But I'm hearing from you that you know nothing's for certain right now, and there's still ways to go on this one. Is that fair to say?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that this is this is going to have to run its course a little bit. I mean, I think. At one point, it seemed like this was going to be resolved over the summer, and the summer turned to late summer, and then and then, obviously the football season came. He did visit, obviously, this past weekend, and now he's talking about taking official visits before he makes a final, final decision.
1: Now, let's hope that that one goes the Tar Heels' way. The official visitor that Carolina had on campus was Devin Lawrence. We talked about him last week. He got on the pod three-star running back out of Wake Forest High. I like his film. I think Devin is definitely someone that, when you're talking about getting into a program, you know, probably needs a red shirt year like most running backs do to get up to college strength and, and college weight. But I see some potential there for him to really be a contributor down the line. So getting him on the official visit was nice. You are running an article later on this week, I believe, about Devin. So just kind of give us a little bit of a teaser here about how that official visit went.
0: Well, I hope to be running an article. I I spoke to him very briefly on Sunday afternoon. You know, he told me that the visit went really well. We delayed the interview and we still have yet to kind of catch back up. I did talk to some sources who are familiar with what happened over the weekend and everything sounded really, really positive for North Carolina you know, North Carolina is concerned. I mean, everybody kind of felt like Clemson was a team to beat because his brother is, for those who don't know, but his brother is Dexter Lawrence, who's, you know, a All-American defensive tackle at Clemson. But the more and more people I talk to, the more and more I talk to Devin, I kind of feel like that he kind of wants to do his own thing. Yeah, there was a point early on where I kind of felt that way, but then I kind of shifted to... You know feeling like okay, maybe Clemson was the move for him, but now I, I'm starting to feel like he he wants to do his his own thing and and I think uh, if you just look at the past couple of years the amount of visits he has made to North Carolina, it's a very telling sign for for UNC's chances with him and and obviously from everybody I, I spoke to, they made a pretty good impression with him over the weekend and and that should only only help with With landing him eventually, did he have the whole family in town for this official visit? Yes, yes, so, which isn't that big of a deal because Wake Forest is obviously oh what is it, maybe thirty minutes, maybe maybe forty minutes away so yeah. so yeah, so it's not a big deal, but uh, you know the one thing i I do want to mention before I, before I forget is that you know you talked about just the level of competition, he plays at the highest level of competition in North Carolina and last year he helped he was the leading rusher for Wake Forest High School which went undefeated and won the state championship in the highest classification so if if that's kind of the litmus test then then obviously he he does more than pass it and and, and Wake Forest High School is a school that turns out top recruits seemingly every year I mean I, I'd have to go back and look but it feels like every single year there's a top recruit that comes out of out of Wake Forest High School and goes to a major, major college. Well, that's why
1: I mentioned earlier that I felt he has the potential to really be a contributor while he's in college. I'd say the same thing if he did end up picking Clemson or if he went to Carolina. I just see him as someone that has played at the highest level, at least North Carolina. He's excelled there. I don't think there's any question about that. So even though, you know, some fans may look at it and be like, oh, he's just a three-star kid, what's he gonna do? I think he has the chance to really, really, really be someone that a running game can rely on because he also has the ability to also catch passes if he's if he's needed to. You know, he's strong enough to help out in pass protection. So I think if Carolina can somehow end up with Devin and Letty Brown, that's going to make for an excellent running back class that kind of lays the groundwork for the future.
0: I agree 100%. I mean, I, I've seen Devin play, I think, every a game other than this season. I've seen him play live at least a couple of times a season the past couple of seasons. I've seen plenty of film on him. I've seen him in camps. He's Even though he's a three-star guy, he actually earned an invitation to the opening. So, he, I mean, he's He's a kid that has all the tools. I've always felt like he was a guy who was kind of like a you know jack of all trades, master of none. We we talked about that last week. You know, he's not a guy who's he's not a burner, but you know he has plenty of speed. He's not a power back, but I mean, he'll he'll run over you if he needs to. And I mean, in in the offense that he runs at his high school, it's it's it leans heavily on just handing the ball off to its its running backs but yet whenever they go out and and throw the ball to him, he he doesn't drop the the ball. So, I mean, he's a guy that that can do a lot of different things and and would certainly fit into this offense.
1: Do you see Devin and Letty, you know, kind of maybe being a little bit of complementary backs to each other if Carolina were to land both? Or I guess a better way to ask that is, how similar do you think Devin and Letty Brown are?
0: I wouldn't call them similar, but I also wouldn't call them Complementary backs. Yeah. I, I just think that they would just, you know, they would, they would have their own sort of, you know, I feel like Devin is the type of guy that no matter what the down, whatever the play call, whatever you need him to do, whether it's blocking, he does a lot of blocking. Also, they play in a wing tee offense and he's actually technically a wing back played a similar position or similar role as Bryce Love did. And, you know, Bryce Love obviously is is tearing, uh, it up. <laughs> tearing it up for Stanford. So, but uh, Bryce Love did a lot of blocking and and so does Devin now. So, I mean, Devin's the type of guy that whatever you need him to do, you don't have to pull him out to throw someone out, else out there because he can't do it. He can He can do it all.
1: Well, if Carolina can land both, I'll be a very happy fan. <laughs> so then moving on a little bit to go ahead and kind of wrap this pod up. Let us know, what were some other of the high-profile guys? I know Carolina had a ton of kids there from the 2019 class. Talk to us about the 2019, the underclassmen kids that were also there on Saturday.
0: Well, I mean, there was there was a bunch of them. And I talked to the, the vast majority of them already, and we're going to have stories out on them throughout the week. Talk to uh, Choffrey Brown, who's brother of Deami Brown. He had some, some good things to say about this visit and also his prior visit to North Carolina and then kind of updating his recruitment. DeMarcus Mills is you know a huge, huge offensive lineman from out of Mooresville who made his second game visit to North Carolina, talked about just his experiences. Darnell Wright, who is a four-star offensive lineman from Huntington High School in West Virginia, the same high school as uh, Billy Ross. He actually came down for Billy Ross's birthday. And obviously went to the game, but getting him on campus was huge. And, you know, I think that's that's just about it. But we'll have have updates on all those guys throughout the week. So definitely worth checking out. All right. Excellent. Well,
1: that'll go ahead and bring this one to a close. Unless if you've got anything else, Don, if you want to mention, we talked about the upcoming hopeful story with Devin Lawrence. So do you have anything else that you want to plug real quick that the
0: listeners can be checking out the message
1: boards for later on in the week?
0: No, just, just what we've already talked about with, um, you know, crossing our fingers that we get something rolling with Devin. I'm sure he's really, really tired from the weekend. Yeah, as anybody who kind of follows recruiting knows, there's a whole lot of um, activity going on during these official visits and, and not a lot of sleep. So I'm sure that, that Devin was probably trying to rest as much as possible. And then obviously a lot of updates on the 2019 guys who visited over the weekend, including uh, a few, uh, four-star guys. All right. Well, Don, thanks again for all the information,
1: man, for this and even more news on UNC football recruiting, head over to the TarPit pit premium message board for all of us here. Thanks again.
0: Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, The independent voice of UNC sports your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.